on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Instagram tries to reel in TikTok users with a familiar new feature. We tap into Air Force One to hear all the TikTok about 2020's most controversial social network. Shep, share the wildest e-com imagery that you've ever seen that could be for Activa, Beachbody, or 1-800-Flowers, but not Zara. <laughs> Our resident outfluencer has some really good advice for how not to Instagram. That was two real puns. And Jesse Two Weeks talked about insane clown posse yet again and besmirched one of our favorite reporters. I'm sorry. I'm not. And Greg officially locks in a spot on the nice list, even if retailers aren't feeling the holiday spirit. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios, located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Budd. And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on August 7th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. It is good to see you guys. What is going on in your world, Greg? Well, I realize, I don't know if this is good parenting or bad parenting, but I have a Google Home in my kitchen, one just a little speaker thing. And every now and then I ask for something and the kids think it's so funny and the kids started asking for things as well. But I ask for something and every now and then it just does a terrible job. And I give it a little bit of lip back sometimes. I'm like, well, gee, thanks for nothing or something like that, right? And they're like, and my Google Home apologized and was like, well, I'm, I'm very sorry. Can you please tell me how I can make things better? So my daughter yells at it. It's already listening, by the way. But she yells at it and says, hey, Google, fix the coronavirus. <laughs> and so, did she laugh? Like, did she, you think that was a joke? Yeah, she just looks at me with like the biggest grin on her face. So I don't know. That's adorable. Didn't That's work, amazing. Though. I wish it was that simple. I know. It didn't work, though. What about you, Jess? Um, I just, I was feeling a little self-conscious after Greg's chalice in the background last week because I have a very boring background. So I added a new art piece for our viewers. You can see a grimacing cat behind me for those I that do. are just listening. Yeah. It's, I just propped it up on the printer. I'll swap it out for something different next week, but it's the best I could do. It wow, looks like I'm an so owl. I'm so happy for you. Oh no, it's a fat cat. I'll take a picture of it for the show notes. Wow. Is that hand painted? No, but I definitely got it at like an art not an art show. That's too fancy. Like an art festival. So it's like, it's someone's work, but it's printed. How beautiful art. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, <laughs> what about well, you, um, I like a lot of uh, millennials who have become really good at not paying for things, possibly some Gen Z included like this. I suffered a terrible setback this week um, when we lost my uncle's access to HBO Go. I don't get to log in as him anymore. You know, they told us it was happening. I didn't believe it. I don't know what to do now. I have to decide whether I'm going to pay for it. It's in the middle of the season of Perry Mason. It's the most expensive one. This HBO Max is $15 a month. And I just don't know what I'm going to do, but I can't pay for it. I just There's can't. not a free trial or something? Seven days. So there's only two episodes left to Perry Mason. So like, we might just do the seven day trial to watch those two episodes, but then what? I don't know. It's really hard. So I just want everyone to know that if you're like me and you've been watching free HBO for 10 years and that just changed that, I'm here with you. It's really hard. I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> and if you're looking for some more content because you can't watch HBO anymore, you can check out our smiling faces on the Search Engine Journal YouTube. Just search Search Engine Journal on YouTube without any spaces. And we also post just little short videos of our main news stories there as well. And please leave us a review or send us some good vibes. It means a lot to us. What is happening in the news this week, Jess? 
All right. First up in the news, something really exciting. We told you it was coming and now people, Instagram Reels is here. By here, I mean it has officially launched in 50 countries, the US being one of them. We've talked a lot about Reels in recent episodes, so I won't dive too much in, but in case you've been zoned out, it's a new way to create very TikTok-esque videos from within the Instagram app. So it's features within Instagram. You don't have to download a new app. It's a very timely release considering all the TikTok about the app being banned unless Microsoft can save it, but more on that in a minute. With Reels, once you create a video, it gets added to a new Reels tab on your profile. So that's really exciting. It posts to the main feed and they're discoverable in a new Reels section in the Explore tab on Instagram. So that's the big part of this, right? From an influencer standpoint, as Matt Southern noted in his Search Engine Journal article, Reels in Explore gives users a chance to reach a wider audience of people that doesn't already follow them. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm super looking forward to all the new followers I'm going to get from this. I just hope they like pictures of my baby because that's all I post. <laughs> Have you guys so many new followers? So many. Have you played with this at all? I, I made one today and I, I know. 13 likes. I saw the one you made and I tried to play with it a little bit. Like I just looked at them and they were just really terrible. Like I feel like the weirdos from TikTok just aren't there yet. So, and I don't really follow funny people on Instagram. Like I'm just there for different reasons. Yeah, I follow. <laughs> you follow me. <laughs> But I don't know if I'm laughing at you or with you. <laughs> well, I was laughing at me too. So we're laughing together. I don't know. I, I heard that like cheese was a thing. So I tried to throw a string cheese at my squirrel pillow. Craig, if you haven't seen my reel, don't watch oh, it. I it's saw really it. dumb. Okay. I hearted <laughs> Shep's comment. I didn't heart your reel. <laughs> oh, so you're not mean. one of my 13 fans. <laughs> no. In case people don't know, oh. Jess's Instagram is the wildest <laughs> collaboration of things you've ever seen it's most of it is just strange unappealing unappetizing food that looks wrong and like you'd get in trouble if you ate it and it's then like, like the anti-instagram it yeah. is and i'm okay with that i just i'm here to share photos of my life and if my food doesn't look good on the plate that's real life so yeah. you're an outfluencer that's what you Thank are you. oh my god, god. <laughs> that's marvelous Hashtag outfluencer. Hashtag cool dad, too, in case anyone is wondering what my cup says. <laughs> no, nobody is wondering, but thank you, Jess. <laughs> All right. Outfluencing. So next up, we're going to keep it TikTok here. There is a slew of happenings in the world of TikTok since our last show. You know how people always say, not to make this political, but this is not a political commentary here, but it's going to sound like it. I just don't know how to report on it because there's politics inside of it, and it's very important because it may decide where you put your efforts from a marketer. So I'm just going to, I chose a variety of different sources and we're just, I'm just going to read quotes. So it's not political, but you know, here we go. Apparently Microsoft was in talks to buy TikTok back on July 31st is when this came out. Trump at the time, President Trump was trying to consider whether or not they should kill off the app itself and not allow people to use it. Anybody in the government cannot have it installed on their phone. He's trying to say anybody in the U.S. cannot use the app any longer. So he said a couple of options, banning it, and he added, but a lot of things are happening, so we'll see what happens. But we are looking at a lot of alternatives with respect to TikTok. And that was after Microsoft had expressed interest in buying the U.S. portion of TikTok. So then, same day, on Air Force One, according to CNN, Trump spoke to reporters and said, as far as TikTok is concerned, we're banning them from the United States. And again, that was after he said, there are many options that we have. So he said, well, I have the authority after he said about banning it, because there, I guess the follow-up question was, you might not have the authority. It sounded like they were going to be banned. So on August 2nd, Microsoft came out and put out a statement saying that they are continuing discussions on the potential TikTok purchase in the United States. So they said the discussions with ByteDance, the parent company of TikTok, will build upon notification made by Microsoft and ByteDance on the Committee of Foreign Investment in the United States. The two companies have provided notice on their intent to explore a preliminary proposal that involved the purchase of the TikTok service in the US, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, and result in Microsoft owning and operating TikTok in these markets. So they're going to buy all these different markets, Microsoft. Official statement, Microsoft site. Apparently, it's back on. President Trump called TikTok a hot brand and according to TechCrunch, is demanding a chunk of its sales price. He said 
this uh, TechCrunch transcribed this, which was great. So I'm going to read verbatim from TechCrunch's transcription. I did say that if you buy it, whatever the price is, that whoever owns it, because I guess it's China essentially, but more than anything else, I said a very substantial portion of that price is going to have to come to the Treasury of the United States because we're making it possible for this deal to happen. Right now, they don't have any rights unless we give it to them. So if we're going to give them rights, then it has to come to, it has to come into this country. It's a little bit like the landlord tenant uh, without a lease, the tenant has nothing. So they pay what is called key money or they pay something. But the United States should be reimbursed or should be paid a substantial amount of money because without the United States, they don't have anything, at least having to do with the 30%. Okay, about. and that was all one quote. It still goes on. Do you want to hear the rest of it or no? I mean, I'm uh, no Sarah Cooper over here, but I'm trying to be the best <laughs> I can. <laughs> Wait, so was that said on Air Force One? This was a transcription that... President Trump made about the acquisition. I just can't, of all the things of 2020, we're talking about TikTok on Air Force One. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. So it turns out the US is going to give until September 15th for this deal to get done. And it also sounds like the ban that was mentioned in Air Force One isn't going to happen. So at least until September 15th. If there is no deal, Apparently, I, I didn't know you could do any of this stuff, by the way. Like, I didn't know you could be like, sell this or you're gone. <laughs> it's just strange. It's like, uh, what is this, the Clippers for you sportsters out there? Anyway, so anybody on TikTok, you influencers there, you have till September 15th. If the deal gets done, it seems like TikTok will not close down. But if not, you now have a really good option to head on over to instead. What would that be? Is it not? Couldn't Reels. tell by your pun. Oh. Reels, the real, the real pun. But the thing about reels, I should have said this earlier. I don't like that they're only fifteen seconds because the TikToks were longer. Were they? I think yeah, I think they could be up to a minute. Oh, I could be wrong on the time, but they were definitely longer. And I think you just some funny things just can't happen in fifteen seconds. I just don't need more than fifteen seconds of garbage content. And the videos of people like where they have a funny audio clip in the background and the other person's just like lip dubbing it. That's not funny. Like the audio clip is funny. You're not adding anything to it. We should make one. These are my oh. real thoughts. <laughs> Get real. Oh boy. But you know, how there's that meme where you say, I am this year's old when like you can tell how old you are by when you realize something. I can't figure anything out on Instagram now. It's too much. You get in there and it's like, do you want to boomerang this? Do you want to gallery this? Do you want to do this? Are you going to go from this? Are you putting a filter on your face? Are you going from a gallery? Do you want to save it here? There's so many options now. And I saw a tweet about that with every option circled in red on your screen. And I will put it up on YouTube. It's crazy the amount of stuff you can do on Instagram now from reels to stories to posts to IGTV. It's just, it's so much in there. Yeah, do, you, it, do you feel that or not? I yeah. feel that, and I just feel that IGTV doesn't really have a place. Like, we should just get rid of it. I don't know. I, the real, I was, when I was making it this morning, no joke, guys, it took me probably a minute per second of video because I just wasn't sure if I hit a certain button, was it going to publish and I wasn't ready? Like, it's not easy to use for us old people. So I, I feel that. I hate to spoil it, Jess, but you published something that wasn't ready. <laughs> Okay, and lastly, on all of this acquisition news, Byte came out with something quite funny. And you can click on through over to marketingclock.com and see the tweet in its entirety. But they said, what if we simply purchase Microsoft? And they've got this really creepy, creepy gif of this being coming to life. So there you go. Byte by Microsoft, Microsoft by TikTok. And it's all one thing. Okay, good luck, Byte, because like I forgot about them until you just said their name again. Yeah, we should just buy Byte before they buy Microsoft and we're all set. Perfect. Uh, this bites. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And Shep, I was voicing that over while I was doing it, thinking about you and your TikToks. What? Did you see that? I voiced over the voiceover of that while we oh, listened no, to it. I was live. reading ahead to the take of the week. Okay, well, this, <laughs> this is exactly what how I never pay attention while we're recording. I need to do better. That's all right, because we are right here anyway. And this week's take of the week comes from Ari Baga at Ari A R R I B A G A H on Twitter, and he says, "Hiring agencies can be a hack to growth, 
if the agency is great, of course, you're basically hiring an entire team for basically nothing. One monthly fee for 10 people instead of salaries, insurance, training for 10 full-time employees. Most great agencies are underpriced. And that's a great take. It's a great take. The one caveat though, he makes it seem like it's easy to find a great agency. You know, yeah. like that's the hard part because for every one agency that has a bunch of fully skilled people that can jump onto account, there's 25 agencies that stink and are going to take your money and give you nothing to return. So I agree with him, but he kind of glossed over how to find a great agency. Yeah. I would say based on character limits, this is great. If you could do as many characters as you wanted, then I would say he was leaving something out. I yeah. guess he could have done a thread. No. And, and I was, I was literally thinking the same thing. We have one client where we're doing our, our agency, our great agency is Cypress North. And we had a client where we're doing um, a ton of lead nurturing demand gen. We're doing um, a bunch of SEO. We're refining the site. We were like in, in this one meeting, we covered these Pardot to Salesforce issues that weren't pulling through, how we're restructuring and making these different hub and spoke uh, sections of their site, looking and analyzing this hot jar data, and then just running through each different lead and talking about the price and, um, for each one of the leads and just checking in to see where everything is. And I'm like, this is a, such a deal. And so, yes, I'm with you, Ari. Love it. Thanks, Retweet. Ari. It's like a QVC pitch for agencies, good agencies. A lot shorter than a QVC pitch. <laughs> And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. Okay, I See Why Am I, people, from Kirk Williams at PPC Kirk on Twitter. He says, reminder, $600 a week additional unemployment checks end today for around 20 million Americans. Expect some changes in August buyer behavior in your clients and consider including that as a heads up in monthly reports this week. So that's a little scary. I was thinking about that, but I hadn't thought about the trickle up all the way yet. And I don't know. I kept hearing different things about when that was ending. So it is this week. That's scary. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. And here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. Google announced some upcoming changes to app campaigns. So first app campaigns will be compatible with maximized conversions bidding. If you opt for this, the goal will be to get as many app installs as possible. That'll be your conversion action. And second, they are changing the image specifications for app campaigns from size-based to image-based. So if you upload a 1-1, 1.91, and a 4-4, ratio option, your ads will be able to scale across eligible app campaigns, properties, and formats. They're also disabling GIFs. GIFs. I never remember how I said I said it. I just disagree <laughs> with Greg. <laughs> I love it. I just disagree with Greg. But that's it's, so sad. It's like drag. <laughs> nice. nice. This can be so fun with creative and especially like with our team. Like I love anytime we're doing any display stuff to like see what kind of ideas they have. So I think that's a bummer, especially with apps. apps. Like, yeah. yeah. You could show games and stuff. Weep womp. Yeah. The one thing of note on this is just because you're getting more conversions when you have apps, you want to make sure people are using them. And a lot of times you can get some really bad app installs that yeah. are just people trying to get to the next level of Candy Crush, shots fired, just bud, or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, and you can't it. specify that. So right, that's so not just good. make sure that it is quality. Right. Um, so bad about the gifts, but they are increasing the image file size limit. So you'll be able to upload higher quality images. And if you have existing creative that doesn't meet these specifications, they're going to stop running or be removed. So make sure that all your creative is up to date or your ads aren't gonna run. 
Next up, today is our first show since July ended, which means we can start to look at the effects of the Stop Hate for Profit Facebook boycott. So we still don't know exactly how much money Facebook lost. I wonder if we ever will. I feel like we've been acting like we knew for like the entire month of July. But we do know that more than a thousand advertisers publicly joined out of a total of nine million advertisers who use the platform. That doesn't mean that other people didn't join and we just don't know about it, but those are the people who spoke up. This article from the New York Times also talks about how even if the financial burden isn't that huge, this just wasn't a good look for rep, uh, Facebook's reputation, and it's not good to have people talking about that. So we'll have to see the repercussions there. And I kind of see the point. Like, it's crazy that some of this stuff goes unregulated. And then I was remembering that back in 2013, my husband's account was suspended because he made his profile picture a picture of one of his friends. And they made him to reinstall it or to like activate his account again. He had to send in a picture of him with his driver's license. And it was just like absurd, the hoops he had to jump through. His friend reported it and he got the certification. <laughs> he was able to find it today because he like never Facebook chats as the guy. It was his best man in his wedding, but they like text. They don't Facebook chat, of course. So I said, hey, Eddie, this photo is insulting to me. Would you please take it down? And next thing you know, his account suspended. So was this a joke? That his yeah. friend did this to him? <gasps> That's awful. Well, Eddie did the joke in the first place because he made it his profile picture. But, you know, they're regulating that. They should be regulating, like, more or less. I don't know. We'll have to see the repercussions of this campaign. I just thought it was interesting, the things that they get so hung up on. <laughs> and next up, Google announced that lead form extensions are rolling out to display campaigns later this year. So they'll be available for search, discovery, and display after that rollout. And... This article that Google announced it with was just ridiculous. And it's why people need to listen to this show because it was buried in this dumb, like, get more leads, tap into intent article with like all these things in it. Some of them were old, some of them were new. And then they had this wonderful idea. Tap into intent, pair broad match keywords with smart bidding. By evaluating billions of combinations of signals in real time, these tools help you make the most of changing trends while meeting your goals. P.S. <laughs> lead form extensions are wider available. Like, what? You know what that's going to do? That's going to increase their stock price. That's what that's going to do. That's the only thing that you're going to see any kind of trend change. You're going to see lower conversions in a higher price for Goog. Look at that. Greg just tapped into the intent of Google. So lead form extensions and display may be a good idea. Broad match keywords with smart bidding. Please, for the love of God, just don't. And finally here in paid from James Webster at PPC underscore Webster on Twitter. Former Klaxker winner. Oh, yes. Hey. He said, might be late to the party on this one, but just notice that if you stay scrolled over a Google shopping ad, it now cycles through the additional product images. Only seem to work on Microsoft Edge and Chrome. So that is amazing because people will be able to see more images, like possibly without even clicking on your ad and you wouldn't have to pay for it. Yeah, Great point, news. point of information, it was not on Chrome. It was only showing this on Edge and he, <gasps> nobody got it to replicate on Chrome. So just want to make sure you got that right. I skimmed over it. You're right. Yep. That's Which is crazy. weird. You're like, oh, look at this cool Google thing. And then he'll <laughs> give it to the cool kids that use Edge, like myself and Jess. Wow. No. More reason I'm, to I'm use off. Edge. And my first thought about this, um, for my little research here, I found out that Zara doesn't really do any Google shopping ads, as far as I can tell. But if they ever do, this will be so helpful for them because I've talked about this on the show before. They have the most ridiculous product images for their clothes. <laughs> I have, if you're watching the YouTube stream, you will see these images. Take a look at what item they are selling in the description. This is a satin effect tunic dress. You can't even see what it is. The picture is so blurry. <laughs> How about this cutout knit dress? Can, can I say something about the satin tunic dress? I actually thought that was someone at a toilet for a second. Like I thought it was from well, medicine. Look at it. I thought it was like, a, you know, some Activa or something. They do these terrible poses that are like, I guess that's fashion, but you can't see what the item is. And that's like the main image from the product page. Check out this cutout knit dress. <laughs> like I have no idea what the dress looks like. She might as well be selling that Gerber Daisy. 
Yeah, where is the cutout? It could be in an eye. important place. It makes me so <laughs> mad. Also, did you say Activa? It's Activia. Did you mean the yogurt? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The Jamie Lee Curtis one that gets you yeah. gets you regular. I know the one. This is not the, this, this is image not for yogurt. To be fair, that would be very good for that yogurt campaign. <laughs> if you want to be regular on a chair, that's not a toy. <laughs> she looks satisfied. She looks like she's deep thought, relaxed, no struggle going on. She looks fine. Yeah, and while you're staying active, you can buy this um twenty dollar tank top. That's being advertised on a yoga ball with high heels. I mean, well, you're staying at- Who could buy product from this company? This is worse than Axios with their it's Jinkos. It's a terrible, terrible website. And Asos? like, no, we're doing this forever. <laughs> Axios is on HBO Go Shop. You shouldn't even know what that is. Okay, well, hopefully if they ever do run shopping ads, people can find what they're looking for with these different image options. So that is it for paid. What is happening in organic? All right, this week we're going to start with a post from Danny Sullivan, the public liaison for search. I thought it was a search liaison. I didn't know it was public liaison for search. That must be his title. Rebrand. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But it was from August 4th, and they had an article over at Google called How Insights from People Around the World Make Google Search Better. As all of Danny's articles are, this is very informative, but it also made me a little bit sad. You know, when Danny came, used to come up with an article, it was always fire. Even when I was working at Search Engine Land, he'd be saying, I'm working on this thing. I'd get excited like it was Christmas Day. Now it's just so watered down. There's no jokes. There's no nothing in there. He used to have daily, the Daily Searchcast, which was the best daily search engine show. I don't know how he did it, but it was the best. So there's no jokes in here, but there's some good knowledge. Thankfully, he talks about our research team at work, search quality raters, how ratings work, and that the ratings from these search quality raters aren't used directly for search ranking. This is something I've got a quote that I pulled out from here. Uh, Talks about a lot of eat and what the raters are actually looking for and doing. But Danny says, nobody is deciding that any given source is authoritative or trustworthy. In particular, pages are not assigned ratings as a way to determine how well to rank them. Indeed, that would be an impossible task and a poor signal for us to use. With hundreds of billions of pages that are consistently changing, there's no way humans could evaluate every page on a recurring basis. So while they do a lot of tests, and it was very interesting, they said that they ran 380 3,605 search quality tests and 62,900 side-by-side experiments. It was more to see what people liked more and what results seemed better. But it doesn't seem like you could be a search quality rater and say, this one has more eats and boom, it ate itself to the top of the rankings. It does not seem like it's the case. It's more for what do people enjoy? Do they want more recipes? Do they want more, you know, life blogs about yourself with cookie recipe at the bottom? Like, what are you looking for specifically? So, and there's also some information about in-product experiments and that they're always improving. If you want to know how Google works and how they're getting better, this is a good article for you. Next up is maybe the saddest story. No, it's not. Because we had that one TikTok story earlier where Mark was on. And we're talking about TikTok, you couldn't have a crack in your wall or they kicked you off the platform. Or your teeth. Yeah, if you had, if you had, if your teeth weren't straight aligned and you didn't have Visalign like sitting on your desk, they wouldn't they wouldn't show you. It was awful. So this is not the worst story of the year, but it's very sad. U.S. retailers tiptoe into holiday season blind and weary. <laughs> yeah, yikes! <laughs> and this is from Bloomberg over there. Black Friday re- retailer retailers and retailers in general prepping for this. This is usually twenty percent of retailers' revenues for the year. And this year, they're going understocked rather than overstocked. People aren't confident. People don't know what's going to happen. Uh, I saw, again, another funny tweet from Colin Slarity uh, at CJ Slarity on Twitter. We'll put it in the show notes. But he said, a retailer asked me to project the rest of the year's um, spending or something like that. And his response was, I don't know if by the end of the year I'm going to be cooking rats over a trash fire or not. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) But so people don't know what's happening, right? Nobody knows what's happening. Retail might get shut down. You might not be able to have retail anymore. You know, Christmas could be canceled for all we know. That's really sad. 
I don't Thanks. think that's how it works, Shep. Christmas is, <laughs> it's a, it's a place of state of mind, Shep. Wow. Isn't that was, it? That wasn't very a optimistic. Thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait, he won't say that. Wait, in December. Last week, you were just accusing me of having the, uh, the dirtiest mouth ever. And now you're saying that like, I'm just a jerk too. Is that what you're saying, Shep? I didn't say ever. I just said, you're not exactly someone that I can hear a, a new turn of phrase from and just go out repeating it. Why not? Because uh, you just, you know, we got to keep our PG rating is all I'm saying. Okay. Okay. Well, anyway, Christmas is a state of mind and Levi Strauss is okay if they don't have a full stack of inventory. Don't capture every sale. The The chief executive officer, Chip Berg, said, I'd actually rather leave a sale on the table, miss a sale because we don't have product then have a glut of product, then you'd have to mark down. That makes sense. Yeah. So check it out. It was a very good article, even though it was a bit depressing. And next up from the search off the record, is it on the record or off the record? Off. Off, off. right? Well, they're actually on the record. It's the Google dev team, Martin, Gary, and John. And they talked about how comments can hurt your blog and when you should block them or not. The biggest part that came out of this podcast of theirs, and you can check it off on Off the Record. What is it? Search on Off the Record? It's Search it's, Off it's the Record. Off. Yeah. off the Record. So head on over there if you want to listen to them. So the question was, if you want your comments indexed by Google, and Gary started talking about the fact that it's not primary content. If it's not in that primary content section, it's just not really going to help you. It's not going to have that much weight to actually getting you to rank. And he said, I think we said this before, but depending on where the content is in the page, it may weigh less than, for example, content that's in the centerpiece. Like, for example, if we can detect that the meaty part of the content is in the middle and between the sections, then very likely that will be the pooling content for your ranking, meaning that it will help you most with topicality with relevancy, I guess. So if your contents are way at the bottom, out of the way of things, you're not going to use contents to help you rank. And you shouldn't do that anyway. You're going to have a bunch of trolls trying to get you to rank for things. You don't want that anyway. Barry Schwartz had that at search engine roundtable, seroundtable.com. And lastly, if you are using the search console API, there are some changes coming your way. I'm not going to talk about all of them. It's more just an FYI for those on the API. Check it out in the show notes at marketingclock.com. That's it for Organic Bud. What's happening in social? All right. First up in social, August is National Black Business Month, and Facebook has launched a series of free virtual trainings, small business panels, and expert speakers in what they're calling Black Business August. So Facebook has partnered with the U.S. Black Chambers, Inc., and The Shade Room to provide programming that's focused on building successful online communities, gaining access to capital and professional networks, and then the obvious theme that everybody's going after adapting to uncertain times and information for small businesses impacted by COVID. That's quite so that's the, there. That, that's quite the turnaround from stop hate for profit to black business August that Facebook had there. I wasn't going to touch on the fact that it's no longer July <laughs> and here we are, but you're well, absolutely hey, they're, I, right. No, they're actually trying. So, you know, yeah. credit for that, for whatever it's worth. It's a nice move by their PR at the minimum. Yeah. It, Yes. And some great resources. So there's programming going on all month long, lots of nice stuff. So you can check the link in our show notes for more details and the schedule there. There really is a lot of helpful stuff there. Next up 21 got another one. Sir Stephen Johns at Stephen Johns 21 on Twitter has some cool news for anyone that's using the Facebook messenger chat plugin on their website. There is a new option to allow guest chats. So users don't have to log into Facebook messenger to chat with your business on your website, which is nice because sometimes you want to be a little mysterious. I'm okay with that. What sites are you going to? Yeah. I like none. Actually, I've not, <laughs> I don't use, <laughs> I don't use chat on websites, but if I did, I don't want them looking at what I don't post on Facebook. This isn't for me. I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> well, this is actually really good for Shep's husband because <laughs> he can actually use it when he gets his Facebook account. When he's banned. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's nice for people that don't have Facebook as well. Whether you want to log in or not, if you don't have an account and you need one to use a chat on a website, that's not ideal, right? So this is great. I got a million dollar idea for him. Go for it. Integrate in a messenger quick direct access to your portal to get right to customer service. Oh my gosh. You just wanted to say portal. <laughs> I was kind of 
of a lazy portal too. You've kind of lost your touch a little bit. Do it again. Portal. (laughs) (laughs) Much better. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if you guys knew this, but apparently Andrew Hutchinson at Ed Hutchinson from social media today is not just a journalist, guys. He is also a member of the Insane Clown Posse. (laughs) What's with you, Jess? Two shows in a row? That is an accusation that you better be prepared to back up. I am. Are you ready? Andrew Andrew Hutchinson Hutchinson is is a saint. And a national treasure. As is ICP. How (laughs) dare you call him a juggalo? Well, he's not a juggalo if he's in the band, right? Juggalos oh, are fans like you and this I. This is getting worse. <laughs> I didn't okay. even know that. <laughs> this is his fault, right? Because that part wasn't the news, okay? But he started off his coverage of the story with subscriptions for tweets. How would that work? Nobody's laughing. Okay. Oh! Get it? I, so that's, not- that's I only know the a- SNL skit that's making fun of Insane Clown Posse, and they say blankets. What do you How do think they- I'm doing here? I'm making fun of it. I know, but that was such a reach from how would that, I'm going to reach out personally to Andrew and see if that's what he meant. Was it a magnet? I've never heard of them. In case you don't know, in one of the raps and the video is even funnier, the line goes, magnets, how do they work? And it turned into a huge meme. And in the video, they're like, like this, like magnets, how do they work? And so you describe how magnets work is really funny. But we talked about this last week. And now you're accusing poor Andrew. Anyway, I bet you that that was his intention because when I read it, that was all I could think of. And I know that that's what he was going for. Anyway, so the news is unlike magnets, the details around Twitter's possible subscription model have been difficult to figure out until now. So Twitter has confirmed it is indeed working on subscriptions as a potential revenue source. And several users on Twitter have reported seeing a survey asking about what features they might be willing to pay for. Some of the options include, but are not limited to, custom colors and stickers, which is really exciting. Um, job ads, that's nice. Administra- administrator role management, also really nice for businesses. More analytics and insight into other accounts, which is creepy. And an undo send option that lets you recall a sent tweet which is within a 30-second window. Not quite an edit button, but I are use you that feature on Gmail. Me? It's good. They still aren't <laughs> offering an edit button in this. Well, you would have to pay for this too if you think that you want it. Would you pay for it? I don't no, know. No, I would never, but I might if there was an edit button. Maybe there will be. Maybe people what responded. What is wrong with them? I think they're just, at this point, they're doing it on purpose. They're never going to give us one and it's because they know we want it. 100%. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Something to look out for. Some of the uh, features that they were talking about actually seem really good for businesses. It might make sense for a business to subscribe, but we'll see. We will keep you posted. A feature you won't have to pay for, though, if you are using Twitter on iOS, you can now choose who can reply to a tweet, either everyone, people you follow, or only the people that you mention in a tweet. I think we talked about this a long time ago. It was initially rolled out as a test. It's now officially here. Only on iOS. Only on iOS. Yep. Which is so stupid. <laughs> Maybe it'll come to you Android yeah, people later. <laughs> you just think that because you're not on iOS. I just think that because if you've got an idea, just roll it out. Why would you do it in little pieces like this? If you think it's actually going to stop abuse and and trolling and hate and bullying, just roll it out. Us Android people are already getting bullied enough. (laughs) We're already getting bullied enough. You're getting bullied on Twitter? I know, you said we. No, right here. Oh, oh, just on this show, yeah. You guys, yes, we bully each other. But new regional audience numbers have been released from Snapchat. And where did this come from, Jess? This is, there's a screenshot we have from an article in social media today, but it is from the Snap Focus course on audience reach that Snap has recently updated. So they're now- Who is the author on this? Ad Hutchinson. Oh, Andrew Hutchinson. Hutchinson. (laughs) Andy Four Scoops from the Insane Con Posse. You keep renaming him. We got to come up with a name. Maybe when you ask him- Andy Four Scoops. (laughs) Shaggy too dope. Andy's gets the scoops. What? No, it's like ice cream? Like he gets a big ice cream? No, he's a reporter. Why for? Oh. Because it's Shaggy Too Dope. Andy Four Scoops. <laughs> That's too much ice cream for one person. No Scoop such thing. is a story. I got the scoop on this. 
Uh, the ice cream cone is going to melt before you get to the second scoop. That's all I'm saying, okay? <laughs> I stand by my statement. I think he did it on purpose. <sighs> okay, so look at this map. It's really, really nice. And <laughs> it's from, like I said, the Snap Focus course on audience reach. So they have updated it. It includes some helpful data on addressable reach in various locations, as well as other regional insights like the percentage of Snapchat users that aren't also using another specific platform in a given week, which is really interesting when you're thinking about who you're trying to target and where they are. Nice stuff. So lots of cool charts and maps available to help you as you work on your strategy. If you're advertising on Snapchat, I highly, highly suggest that you check this out. And next up, Twitter has begun rolling out labels on the accounts of government officials and state-affiliated media outlets to better inform users and provide more context for the tweets coming from said accounts. Twitter shared some examples, and they're not like scary warning labels or anything. They're just simple call-outs on the profile, like this is a U.S. government account or Russian state-affiliated media. They're not trying to scare anyone. They're just trying to tell you what's up. And lastly here, we have an update about the recent Twitter hack that used high-profile accounts to swindle Bitcoin from unsuspecting users. There were two individuals, a 22-year-old with a hacker named Rolex and a 19-year-old with a hacker named Shaywan. And these two fools were tracked down because they used their own information to set up the crypto accounts where the money was being transferred to. So really, really smart move, guys. But if you remember when we talked about this on this show, Kirk, right? What about yeah. Kirk? We had Not talked PPC about Kirk. Kirk. Not PPC Kirk. No, this Hacker is Kirk. Hacker Cameron? Kirk. Cameron? <laughs> I don't think so, just because he's old. Uh, the mastermind behind this, again, Kirk, turns out was allegedly 17-year-old from Tampa, Florida. He's being held in custody and facing over 30 felony accounts, which is really, really sad. But all I have to say about this is move over Florida man, because there's a new infamous criminal in town, and his name is Florida Teen. <laughs> How are you smart Ugh. enough to hack the biggest social media net, whatever, one of the major social media networks and not starting a Bitcoin account that's not using your information? They wanted to get caught. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. So I was trying to add audiences for observation to some campaigns this week, and I did it in Google Ads, no problem, in Google Ads Editor, because there are a lot of campaigns I wanted to just copy and paste and do it all at once. Unfortunately, when I went to do the same in Microsoft, because I didn't want to import them for a bunch of different reasons, I tried to do that in Microsoft Ads Editor, and it seems like it's just completely impossible. I truly hope I'm wrong, and one of our listeners tweets at me and tells me how to do this, but I could not find a way to do it. When I did it online and then tried to download it, the audiences weren't there at the campaign level. You can only do it at the ad group level, which is just silly and sloppy, and I don't like it at all. And can what you quickly you? tell listeners what the difference between targeting and observation is? Okay, so if you are targeting a certain audience so let's say it's a remarketing audience your ads are only going to show to people who are in that remarketing audience it's a targeting campaign but if you're observing them you're just getting data on the people in that audience so you're going to see like how often they're interacting with your ads whatever and you can also bid up or down with bid adjustments if you're observing an audience and there's also like in-market audiences and affinity audiences which is what i was doing in this situation because I didn't really want to target them. I just want to see how they're liking my ads and my product, but it wouldn't let me. And if you, if you like Google ads and PPC in general by Shep, we've got some cool news coming out for you. Q3? Shep is a Q3, right? Yeah, it's got Q3. Be. There's a big thing, <laughs> a big announcement from Marketing Clock, Cypress North, and Shep coming here Q3. So stay tuned. Jess, what do you got? I have a hot tip from Microsoft Ads Support that I think we've talked about them just in general a lot on the show. They're really, really helpful, nice people. And I had a new account this week that I was trying to launch brand new campaigns in a brand new account that I'd never spent before. And I did import things over from Google Ads to get started. So my bidding was all set at enhanced CPC and nothing was running. And after a day and a half, I started chatting with a Microsoft support rep. I said, I don't have a single impression for anything. I've raised my bids. I've even tried some broad match modified keywords just to see if I could get some traction, tried all kinds of things. We had 
nothing technically, no technical issues, nothing was blocking our performance. And they said, hey, why don't you just try switching to manual CPC bidding because there's no machine learning yet on your account to help with eCPC. Just do that, see if things run. Bam, they did. So just if you're struggling and you can't figure out why your ads aren't running, A, contact Microsoft Ad Support. They're super helpful and awesome. And B, just try manual CPC even just for a minute just to see if that helps you out. All right. And along the same vein as Jess, I had a great experience with our rep, not Microsoft, but Google ads rep. Just joking. <laughs> just joking. <laughs> oh my just joking. God. You know why? Because that's not possible. No, um, I gasped. <laughs> no, it's, it's impossible. Um, I had a proposal gone wrong and it made me think. And it wasn't really a proposal gone wrong. It was a request for a proposal. And we have a development arm of our agency and a lot of times marketing development go hand in hand and we can really help lay things out the right way to, for clients to have great success with these new projects that they're, they're implementing. And I thought this one RFP that we got, it, it seems a little bit misaligned, but I was wondering if they were doing it on purpose and it gave me an idea. If you really wanna find who those great agencies are, you should put something in your proposal that is incorrect and see who can find it. Because I, I, I was like, well, you want to take these sections of the site and put them out into three different domains. It's going to be crazy hard. You're going to have so much more work. You're going to really cut off your, your authority of this main domain. And you're just going to have so much more, like, why would you ever do this? And it ended up leading to a really good conversation. And I was thinking like, I wonder if somebody put this in there on purpose to see who the good and the bad agencies were. So I thought it was like Van Halen's rider that they'd have where they, before every show, the rider seemed like it was the craziest one of all where they'd say, I need an, I would need this food. I need this drink. I need all these different things. And then I need one bowl of M&Ms and you need to remove all of the brown M&Ms from the M&M bowl. Everybody's like, this is the craziest thing ever. And they interviewed somebody at Van Halen. I forget who it was. And they're like, no, if somebody actually, we put this at the bottom of the rider and if somebody went through and they removed all of the brown M&Ms, it means that our sound probably is set up the right way and we could relax a little bit. If we came in and we saw brown M&Ms, we knew that we had to do some work to do, which I thought was smart. And I was like, maybe that's it for this RFP. So. Meanwhile, everyone's just thinking that they're really high maintenance. That's a bold move, but the sound prevails. I mean, they yeah. are high maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> Still making someone sit there and remove all the brown M&Ms. So anyway, that's a, that's a trick. If you want to find a good agency, put something in your RFP or that you put out and see who finds it and who doesn't. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. <laughs> Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's WTH is an article from Bloomberg, but it was brought to our attention on Twitter by Adam Singer, at Adam Singer. He said, Bloomberg wrote a story on how to look busy while working from home. Might as well be the onion. And he just has <laughs> screenshots. I know, amazing. He just has screenshots of parts of the article. Like, there's no link. So I truly saw this and was like, he's got to be kidding. Like, this isn't real. This is from The Onion. No, it is real. I found the article online and it is literally called Strategies for Showing Your Boss That You're Keeping Busy. And the image for the article is this friendly man. <laughs> it really explains it all. He's just sitting there. He's just clickety-clackety typing away. He's on the phone. At first, I thought he was like resting his hand on his palm, taking a nap, but no. You know, he's just showing his boss is keeping busy. It's amazing. This image looks like a five-year-old made it. <laughs> it is. I can't believe that the same company that makes Terminal can put this image out there. It's crazy. The Guy who wrote the article probably drew this like to show his boss he was keeping busy. Like it was not done by an artist. <laughs> yeah, probably well like, <laughs> I'm submitting my draft. Make me something that looks good. Here, I'm gonna rough it in here. <laughs> just, just give it to your artist. And then they don't, they just put the draft in. <laughs> <laughs> it starts and says, one of the worst parts from working from home, feeling like your superiors don't think you're busy since you can't since they can't see you being busy. How do you let them know you're toiling away? 
And I'll include some of the tips they have in here. So they say, keep talking. The key to effective remote work in all circumstances is increased communication. And I know they mean well here, but I just think of like some guy like mansplaining. I hate to, to be that way, but like mansplaining in a meeting, just like talking to hear his or her own voice. Like I could just see it now how the people are reading this article because people reading this article are not just trying to do a good job. They're trying to slack. This is literally the worst advice you could give somebody is just talk more. How do you think talk more? No, no, talk less. No, nobody Work wants more. more talking. All we want is less talking. We want more pertinent information. Then Not they more say, talking. It's terrible. <laughs> then they say post on a social media account that your boss sees a snapshot <laughs> of your latest work accomplishment, a photo of your laptop and coffee, a note of thanks to your awesome coworkers. Time your post for when you want your boss to know you're on the clock. <laughs> or, you know, just create a reel for 15 minutes at 10 o'clock in the morning and make sure your boss likes your coworkers' <laughs> comment on it and not the reel. <laughs> that is the opposite of good advice. Like, Chap, like, I know that you talked to Ginny about us babysitting, <laughs> you know, go back to the last show. But if I, like, if, honestly, this is, this is my thought. If I see anybody and they're like, anybody in the world and they put something out and it's like time to get going up in the day and it's 7 a.m and you got your coffee and it's submitted from buffer it's like how is that going to do anything like what are you <laughs> talking about you schedule this thing for 7 a.m because you literally read a thought the same article? thing i was like this is babysitting jenny then at one point they make a joke about it they say a live stream video feed of your workspace just kidding like people reading this would actually think that they should do that then they also say slack away, share links, positive news, industry articles, or and anecdotes that indicate that you're working. What, like what? I think slack away is a double entendre there. Like they want you, they're just <laughs> trying to tell you how to look like you're busy when you're not. Like it's not that hard. Just do your job and your boss will know you're working. Worse than that, these articles will make people that are actually busy more busy because you're gonna have to listen to this mansplainer blab nonstop because they read this Bloomberg article and you have to answer all these Slack responses because somebody's saying to Slack everything. That is such Don't a good do point. Don't do any of this article. And then also going back to the post yourself and all this stuff so your people that you work with can see it on social media. That not, I never believe that. When you see somebody posting something out there and they're like, oh, I'm with my hubby. I can't imagine a, a day without him, blah, blah, blah. I immediately think they're going to be divorced in a, in a day. Like, stop crushing it and just start doing your job. It's <laughs> terrible. I can only imagine, like, the author's co-worker sending this article back and forth. Like, can you believe what Larry said? It's just so bad. <laughs> At least the artwork is good. Yes, the artwork saved it. <laughs> All right, now onto this week's grab bag, the segment segments. And first up, we have buy some trousers. Unfortunately, a few weeks ago, in a few weeks before that, we talked about burning your trousers. Well, if you work at Facebook, it's time to go buy some more because they're doubling down on their work from office. I like how that's a name now. It's work from office. But a massive New York City lease near Penn Station. So they bought what I believe was an old hub for the post office. It was huge. Or they didn't buy it. They leased it. You know, I've said it before. I don't know how everybody's working from home. This great. Everything just seems like it takes so much more time. So, you know, buy stock and Facebook. That's, that's a Greg Kramer advice for you there. And You're going to have people and pants. Buy stock and pants. All right. Next up is slide to the left. And if you go to Google and you search for cha-cha slide, you get a result with the a microphone underneath it, and it is for the video Mr. C, the Slide Man, the Cha-Cha Slide official video. I think it turned like 25 or something, and the search results get crazy wonky. They slide one way and back, and if you want to have some fun, because nobody can leave their house anymore, just type in Cha-Cha Slide on Google, and you can have some relief for 15 seconds of your life. And next up is the segment this week in Tabula slash Outbrain. You're going to have to head over to Marketing and Clock or the YouTube channel, Search Engine Journal's YouTube channel. This is one of the most egregious Tabula Outbrain ads that I've ever seen. You guys can see this ad. What do you think about this ad? It is plastic surgeon towels. Doing this every morning can snap back sagging skin. No creams needed. And it's a picture of two hands, clearly different hands because one has nail polish on there. 
you can paint one of your hands, well, but that's not the problem. <laughs> is the implication that the person got this surgery or procedure on one of their hands and not the other? I just don't understand. Shep, you've you sent me this before, haven't you? This image has been used somewhere. I, I think somebody sent it in Slack, but I'm not going to take credit. I don't think it was they me. were They were keeping busy. I wish, these, yeah. <laughs> these hands couldn't be more different. And they're trying to compare them like they're the same hand. And they are completely different hands. Like the one person has arthritis. That's not a plastic surgeon's job. One person is at least 50 years old, older than the other person. Yeah. It's, there's a 50-year discrepancy in these hands. Are the finger lengths the same? They kind no, of they're are. Not, no, they're not. No. Look at that pinky. The <laughs> pinky's way off. Anyway, I love the fact that the, in the image itself, it said, for illustrative purposes only. This is That's the, how you this get is, away with it. This is the worst one I've ever seen. It's I worse love than, this segment. I'm going to try it, to beat this next yes. week. Yes. It's worse than your Tiger Woods, Ellen Nordgren one you had from before. <laughs> that was so, so bad. And next up, we have extra, extra spice served up just for you. Mark from our team at Mark underscore from underscore MKTG does amazing recaps of our show every week. You guys have to check them out. They're truly incredible. This week, he backed me up a little bit after I was shamed for enjoying my naps. And he said, people who look down on people who sleep in need to learn how to love themselves. And he had a nice gif of a little dog wrapped up in a nap blankie like a taco. And he looks so happy. Snaps for Mark. And if you are a fan of Mark and his recaps, which everybody is, word is out. The votes are in. Everybody loves it. Mark is going to be on the show next week. So he is on the show next week, bringing the fire bringing the extra, extra spice served up for you. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is the IP Range Regular Expression Builder from Analytics Market. And that's a mouthful, but it does exactly what you think. It creates a regex for you that covers a range of IP addresses. So it's super simple to use. You just pop in the first and the last IP address in the series and bam, you have yourself a regex that matches all of the IP addresses in that range. So you can use that then to say filter out internal traffic from your Google Analytics reports or anything else you may need this for. I personally use the heck out of regular expressions, but I'm nowhere near being a pro at writing them. So I really, really appreciate a tool that can help me out and it can help you out too. It is free. So head on over to analyticsmarket.com slash free tools slash IP regex, no spaces, no hyphens, or just grab the link from our show notes at marketingclock.com and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Danny Goodwin over at Search Engine Journal. And Danny has a post called The 100 Types of Content, The Definitive Guide for Marketers. Now, he doesn't go in depth on each one of these 100, but the beauty is he doesn't need to. So many times we get stuck as writers, right, Shep? Like sometimes you need to come up with new ideas on how to, to, to make content. You don't have any excuses anymore because Danny <laughs> runs through not one, not two, but 100 different things that you can do to try to kind of get your, your writing, creative writing juices flowing, let's say. So it's, phenomenal and he's got examples for everything and that's why he doesn't need to expand on everything i know todd malicote stunt double used to have these hooks that were really really powerful back in the day and this is really similar like you might be stuck you might have a dead end but man he covers everything and more that you could ever need to write content so if you're stuck that's on you check out this article because danny gives you 100 ideas on how to create content. Thank you, Danny. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show on marketingoclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. 
you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack, where after our famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. Okay, so we have a new game today. Ooh. It is similar to um, another game that shall not be named, but please don't draw any comparisons. I'm going to call this game um, Prove Me Wrong. Think of, you know, the meme with the guy who has the sign that says Prove Me Wrong. <laughs> this is my game. It is? I mean, I poke holes in this. Yeah. Okay. So it's really similar to poke holes in this, like same idea, but instead okay. of like a new concept, I'm just going to give you a hot take. Okay. And you can tell me whether or not you disagree with it and why I'm wrong or I'm going to be right. All right. Okay. So for my first one, uh, this is a strong opinion I have. So when it comes to like popsicles mostly, but also any kind of fruity hard candy, the only good flavors are the warm colors. So like pink is the best, orange and red are okay. Blue and green, disgusting. All right. Hot take, all popsicles are trash. What? Trash. What? Yes. No. Nobody likes popsicles. We're adults here. Okay, They're delicious. Pops. No. Freezy Pops, disgusting. Popsicles, I like, no. I like to choose just, I, choose just ice cubes if I can. And hard candy? What do you, not, what, what do you have? One of those old hands in the tabula outbreak <laughs> side of things? <laughs> Who are you? No. I will agree. Starburst? Yes. Pink there is There are nice no color. cool color starbursts. You said warm colors. I know, but there's no bad ones because there's no cool colors. But are the, mm, there's there like right? a purple? It's Purple's red, a cool yellow. color. Yeah, I guess that's a cool color. Purple sucks, and like, I love purple. Yeah, but like but what Jolly about Ranchers, ew, a blue or green Jolly Rancher, disgusting. But, it changes but, 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 your but, but, tongue but, in a natural color, and it's gross. Mixed berries, start, uh, Skittles, and you get the green, which is melon. Disgusting. What? I don't want green. Nobody even likes that green melon in real life. It gets left in every fruit tray. Oh, honeydew. <laughs> I always honey go for don't. it because I feel bad for it. You don't like it? That's fine. Here's my next one. All right. So I, I'm, I'm sort of with you, but I mean. Yeah, we didn't do a lemon's good job. Not, lemon's not that great. Is lemon a warm color? Lemon's yes. not that great. Lemon's fine. Yeah, orange, lemon's Orange good. is okay. Orange is okay. I mean, I'd rather have like raspberry, which is purple and a dark color. No. Purple is grape. Yeah, purple's grape and it's gross. Raspberry is usually blue, right? We I don't have know. so many blue popsicles in our freezer because they're gross. Okay, next one. You know what you should do? You should find an eight-year-old out on the street. They love popsicles. <laughs> or put it in your rider and just have somebody remove it. Great idea. Okay, this is the last one because you guys had so many opinions about that one. Okay, when you're talking about like home appliances, people talk so much about like how much they want a dishwasher. I think in a home, it is more important to have a garbage disposal than to have a dishwasher. Shep, that's the best thing you've ever said. There's absolutely no, no ways to poke holes in this. You're 100% right. You're absolutely wrong. You'd have to wash your own dishes. If you don't if you have a garbage have a disposal, you are so limited. You have to put all of your like gross food scrapings in the garbage. Your garbage smells more. It, it, your sink gets clogged. You have to stick your hand in and pick up clumps of food. It's absolutely disgusting. I would much rather have a garbage disposal than my dishwasher. No, you just get that little drain catcher thingy that catches all your food. You walk over to the garbage can, you dump it in. Ugh. You hand washing? I would be I I would be against this if there were dishwashers that actually worked. Dishwashers stink. You have to wash your dishes anyway to get them to actually come out clean. It's crazy. You need a new you need a new dishwasher soap or whatever packet. I don't think it's a dishwasher. I I I use finish. It's like the super expensive. Does none of it works? None of it works. Get the cheap plant based stuff like I do. It works great. Who needs a garbage disposal? You just throw it out the window. You throw your dishes out the window. They're not clean. I live in They're a broken. city with vermin. Mm. All right, Shep. One, let's go one more. Do you have okay. one more left or no? Yeah. Because that was one. an easy, that was a no-brainer. Okay. I have you. one more. You just dunked all over Jess. This could also be a 
uh pokles in this whatever people these people, all could be by the way people who wear shorts on an airplane should be arrested <laughs> <laughs> we're supposed to argue with you i don't want to <laughs> why why do people wear like i don't want any skin touching any chairs on an airplane like you cannot wear shorts you cannot wear short sleeves men do it so much some women do it it should not be allowed i don't understand why it's socially acceptable also it's freezing on airplanes so what are you doing are asking you doing? for asking for a friend here is there an age limit on this yeah fine yeah. but like come on what's age kid? limit what's age limit adult uh, 10 10 okay i i support you i'm with you but even I might, then I might move it up kid, to like 13. Yeah. A kid doesn't want his, his legs touching scratchy airplane seats. They're terrible. You Especially know what? in the age of COVID, if we can make people wear masks on airplanes, we can make them wear pants. Well, Shep, <laughs> I'm with you, but I also would like to know, is there any kind of ancillary clause to keeping shoes and socks on as well? Oh my God, absolutely. Okay. Because I, I mean, that's, that's higher up on the list when somebody next to you takes off their loafers and it's like touching their feet and you're like bumping them. I don't That's like that. Disgusting. There's I'll videos online of that, like Ooh. people's feet from the seat behind them creeping up. There's like memories the burned into my head. <sighs> I just don't think that's a hot take. Like, I think we should all agree that those okay. people like just throw them out, the open the window, let them get sucked out. <laughs> Shep, this is a great game. I love it. Okay, so somebody else can bring some ideas next week and we will see you then.